Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Castaneri-King. Today, I am very delighted to capture Margaret Gerding. I think, Margaret, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Um, it's lovely to be here, and I'm so excited. I've listened to so many of these New England podcasts, and um, I just thank you for having me. Oh, great. And, and I say capture because I see you're in the, uh, winding down the end of a 30-day um, yes. <laughs> paint, yes. plein air painting. I've, since I moved to Maine five years ago, I've um, tried to do that. I, 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 as a teacher, believe it's important to have that kind of regimen. And I paint almost any day, every day anyways. But it forces me to plein air most of the time, which is nice. And I love to plein air, but it forces me to be more spontaneous. I have to have them done within an hour. Oh, um, I have to go on site every day. It has to be a different spot or, you know, a different wow. lighting or something. So, yeah, and, and the past couple of years and this year, these 30 pieces will be for a show that's actually opening next week. I was going to ask, oh, wonderful. I'm sorry, where, where is that show? Dark Alley, right in Candy Bump, right in Jock Square. Um, so I'm in a show starting the 18th through the 6th of August, oh. and it's with uh, myself and William, the wonderful Mr. William Hoyt from Vermont. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was going to ask if those were for sale because they're they're just gorgeous. I can't believe you do them in an hour, but I guess you do prep ahead, right? You you kind of um, uh, the tone. Do you tone the the canvas? They're toned. I tone all thirty panels ahead of time, so they're all in the car ready to go, and I just grab one as I get out of the car and I go. Um, and the idea for me, because I, I tend to come off of the winter, my winter is more studio, obviously, and um, I feel like I am, I don't want to precise or that's not the right word, but I feel like I need to kind of just revitalize myself, get some freshness and the brushstroke okay. in, the, in the experience and everything. I so I think that's kind of what they're for. It's also very difficult for me to do the little ones. <laughs> oh, I know. So yeah, I want to get to that. You paint. Huge. That, yeah. I love it. So just <laughs> a little, start with a little uh, background about your earliest um, explorations with anything okay. artistic. Wow. Um, <laughs> go way back. I, I, I go wow because I don't remember not being artistic or not wanting to be an artist, even as a little <laughs> child. I grew up in a very large family, six children within eight years. Um, always a hubbub of things going on. Um, the rest of them, I have to say, were kind of athletic. I wasn't. and But we all were like... Our parents did a wonderful job, or at least I feel like they did, in trying to push us to what made us happy and explore and investigate. And for me, it was drawing, painting, always. By the time I was nine, my father had taken part of our garage, and we had a little house, and made a little studio space for me. Because, oh, wow. you know, I, I liked it that much. That's, you know, I'd bring my, my sketchbook on vacation as a kid. 
So I don't remember not being creative, but I don't remember it necessarily being so special because everybody had their thing and everybody will try it. Go see if you like it, you know, go invent that, go try that. So yeah, that is it's awesome. a wonderful upbringing for me. Yeah, that, that is so special for your dad to do that. I just, that just yeah. makes my heart melt. It's so I know. And you know what's funny? I, the older I get and the more students I have as I mentor people is, is I realize how many of them have the little guy on their shoulder, you know, that says, you can't do that. That's not good enough. And I yeah. thought, I, I don't have that. Yeah. I mean, I do it for myself. I'm critical of my work myself and I will listen to criticism, but I don't have that person that I think you get at childhood, you yeah. know, that says somebody told you once you weren't good enough. I never had that. Right. That's and it wasn't that I was the best. It was <laughs> that you're fine. You're good enough. Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah. where did you grow up? I grew up, I was actually born in Ohio oh. and then grew up, yeah, grew up in um, Fremier, Massachusetts. I'm oh, part here. of Ohio. I spent 20 years in uh, just oh, wow. between Dayton and Cincinnati. I was born in Dayton and my, wow. uh, the girding farm is actually in Ottawa, Ohio, which is wow. in the northwest corner. It's still there. My uncle, you know, has, his family has it and we go, I was there last year actually and just love it. But we went every summer. So that was a big part of growing up too. And I loved the farm, loved the big fields. I actually think that has a lot of reason why I am drawn to the marshes. I can see it now. Now I can see it. When I first moved uh, to Ohio, I was a young mother. My babies were one, three, five, and seven. And I had lived in New England with these beautiful trees over my head my whole life. <laughs> and I went out there and it was so disorienting. The yeah the barren field, the flatness. And over time, I grew to love it. I really did. But I can see well, that. I hadn't been out in 20 years to Ohio. And we went, we had a family reunion last year. And I went, and every morning I went for a walk, because I get up really early. And I was walking, and I literally started tearing up. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the marsh. Like, this is the big field with the little clumps of horizon trees and the, like, Oh my gosh, this yeah. is what I, I keep looking for in New England. And exactly. I don't even know it. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That open space. And the, the big clouds. and right. oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the things I love. So I was like, oh. I know. I still have uh, two sons there. And, uh, oh, wow. And four grandbabies. Oh. Three, four and one on the way. Five. <laughs> it was terrible because I didn't get to see, you know, usually I go out in spring. They come out in summer and just, yeah. Couldn't see them, but yeah. So I was not an artist at all when I lived there. So I'll have to go back. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, it was funny because I kept showing my cousins, like, look at these pictures, look at these pictures, look at this, and they're like, wow, we never thought it was like we think where you live is beautiful. <laughs> we never knew. Uh, I love it. So um, tell us how you pursued art. What did you do through high school, college, and so even at elementary school, I still actually am friendly with my elementary school art teacher. Um, I had a great, I had great teachers all along, but um, I went, had a great teacher in high school who gave me my own room, don't tell anyone, to paint in. Wow. They worked it out with the gym teacher so I could skip gym for four years. <laughs> 
like would hire models to come in <laughs> in high school. Then I went to UMass um, in Massachusetts and got a actually a Bachelor of Fine Art in printmaking. Okay. Um, which I love printmaking, but logist and I do have a little press, but I haven't used it in a while. But the logistics of printmaking aren't feasible. So were you doing printmaking in high school or were you exposed to that in college? I was exposed, <laughs> no, they had a wonderful printmaking press at uh, Fremie and I. Um, huh. So I was exposed to everything. Um, yeah, so. Um, That's awesome. I, and I, I have to say, I think I chose, which is really interesting. I think I chose printmaking over painting in college. Not so much that I loved the medium more. It was that printmakers, because there were so few of us got our own studio. And I didn't like to be around other people when I worked. And okay. the, the painters all were in a big room and it made me crazy because mm. I like to work, work in solitude. Right, I see. So I still painted all <laughs> through college and just did it independently with the painting professor. So, but I didn't want to be in that environment. Yeah, interesting. funny. Now looking back at it. Yeah, so at what point did you transition to becoming a painter? And that was your... Um, probably fairly shortly after college and realizing that most, you know, 21 year olds don't have a press or access to a press. <laughs> um, so, and also, you know, life starts and you have to get a job and you have your time's limited and printmaking is laborious. Um, not that painting isn't, but it, there's a lot of technical things and to actually go into Boston and use a press, you know, like an open press studio or something wow. was more time consuming. So I could paint on my own in my apartment and it worked out better. So, And I always loved painting and drawing. I, I don't have a preference over the me. It's not like I miss printmaking. So. so at what point did plein air come in or was it an just something always. that always was. Always, was. always. And again, even as a child, when we'd go on vacation, I'd sit outside and sketch. Like I, we went to Islesburg, Islesboro one summer, an island off of Maine. I brought yeah. my sketchbook and sat and drew the fishermen coming in to the, uh -huh. yeah. you know, so I didn't, I, I just was always outside. I love being outside anyway, so. Wow, wonderful. Yeah. So um, at what point did this become a profession where you were monetizing? Um, how, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I, I will say, uh, my goal was to not have another job or not have to have a full-time job and paint full-time by the time I was 30, oh. which was, I thought at the time, I thought it was realistic. I didn't realize now looking back, I was like, well, that was pretty ambitious. <laughs> um, I was 30 and not because I couldn't have afforded to, but more because I, I had um, started an advertising agency oh. and I couldn't let go of it. Right. At 32. Wow. I was painting yeah. full time. And so tell us, you know, what kind of goals did you set for yourself to get out there and were you going to um, theories? I wanted, uh, you know, when we're young, we, th we just think that these goals are so attainable, don't we? And for some reason, and I'm not going to, I know I was talented, but I, it has a lot to do with just being in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. I wanted my first major show at 25. I had it wow. on Newbury Street. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm just too naive to know that it's a little unrealistic. And it happens because we just... You know, I think that's what it was. Because it people, is. you know, I said to now, if somebody told me right now, to do the path you did when you were in your 20s, I said, oh, no, I couldn't. Like, I'd be too embarrassed. 
that funny? Yeah. Um, but at 25, I took my paintings, put them in my portfolio and put on a, like a great skirt and walked up and down Newbury Street and walked in the doors and said, look at me. I, I love right? it. That doesn't happen now. Um, so anyways, so I guess that started in, and then, and I think it truly was the luck of getting that show at Francesca Anderson's on Newbury Street, because once I had that on my portfolio, every gallery was like, okay, like, let me look at your stuff. And, right. Well, so it's not just luck. I mean, your work is beautiful and somebody yeah, saw it. Yeah, 25 <laughs> part of that was luck. What, what? I said at 25, part of that was luck. <laughs> um, and persistence. What? Persistence. So, um, so that was that. And then it just, the, the galleries have been wonderful. I've made, um, you know, like everybody, I've had some that have been a bust, some that weren't the right choice for me, but you narrow them down, you realize what you're capable. I know that the number of being represented by five galleries works for me. Okay. More myself too thin. Less doesn't really. It puts all my eggs in too many baskets. Little so five works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then I do plenty of shows and um, different things during the year, different okay. fundraisers. Okay. So um, that's awesome. When did you move to Maine? You said about five years ago. Five years ago. And what brought you? Well, I grew up in. Framingham, as I said, and I stayed in Massachusetts after college when I got married and had my daughter, and she went off to Pratt five years ago out of high school, and I went, bye-bye. <laughs> um, so I've always wanted to come to Maine. I paint here. My family's from Maine. We vacationed here. I vacationed at Goose Rock Beach with my daughter. So it was always like a second home. Yeah. Um, my brother and sister are up here. My mom's up here. So it just made sense. Um, but this is also where I traveled, like, locally to paint. Like, if I wanted a weekend to go plein air paint, I'd drive to Maine. Stay um, over at one of my house and paint here. This was my favorite place. So Nice. Yeah, a dream yeah. come true. I love it. Yeah, it is. So walk us through a little bit of your process. Um, do you you do paint quite large which i love Ooh. talk about do you use your studies do you you know just just everything how do you start how does something um, come to, okay. to be how does it so um i walk almost every day like miles um i also travel but obviously we haven't done that lately um but whatever my inspiration be is going to be whether it's just going down around the corner something looking at the marsh I will take a lot of photos I will sketch do thumbnails I will sometimes do a little like the for instance there are a couple of the little eight by eights the challenge I'm doing now that I have really enjoyed and I'm going to turn those in one actually is in front of me on my easel turning into a big 40 by 40 Okay. Um, so that's the sketch, the little painting for this. Sometimes I'll just do a quick color sketch in my notebook. Um, and then the bigger paintings I have to do back in the studio. I have attempted to bring huge paintings out in the marsh and have quite a few stories of moose and tide coming in and all the other things that happen to you when you're out there and realize like this wasn't too smart it was fine but now it's wet and I need two hands um so that's not always the thing but that's my basic process I paint almost every day 
Um, I get up really early. I get up between four and five. I get in the studio. Um, sometimes I'll walk first. Sometimes I'll walk at the end of it to let myself air out. Um, but I paint every day for a good six to eight hours. Wow. So, yeah. And I, I will say I'm cyclical. So in the winter when I'm painting, I have a, obviously more studio time. The winters in Maine are long. Um, so those are actually longer days. I may paint, I may paint a 16 hour day, literally. Wow. But in the summer, I may only paint a couple hours and then spend hours hiking. Right. So I, I look at it differently yeah. um, on what I do, because in the summer I'm also mainly plein air painting. Yeah. Most of the studio time is done. I use the summer to replenish myself energetically and to have enough material to work all winter long on. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it looks like you use gallery wrapped canvas. Is that something you primarily use both in and out or? Um, I use two types of things. So my favorite um, actual surface is a board, a, a birch, a wood. Oh. Um, however, when the paintings get over 45, 40, it's the weight. <laughs> I've done it. The galleries have asked me, please stop doing that. We're having them fall off the walls. <laughs> oh, wow. so, um, I like that hard surface. So I have found, I've usually only stretched my own canvases because I really like them. I want to be able to like tight. ding, like it has to be tight. Um, but I have found um, one company that I appreciate how well they do so i've been using their um canvases but the, anything over a 36 by 36 i've been going to canvas now so. and can i ask what that company is <laughs> yes of course i didn't know if we were, that's why i didn't know if we, um the masterpiece um i use the masterpiece um monet is the one i use because i i really i as well like a very very tight or board and yeah I, and I think the reason i do that i i I think it goes back to printmaking. All those years spending on that hard, hard service. And I love like, I, I you know, the linoleum stone and the like, you draw yeah. on a hard service and then to have it going bing, bing, bing is actually crazy. the <laughs> bing. I know. I love it. So do you, um, do you sell all of your plein air studies or do you just, you know, kind of some or? So the 30, a challenge because I've now gotten to the point where these are also a marketing and a, a little small items for this particular show. They'll go into that gallery show and they sell a lot of them. A lot of the paper studies and the little plein airs, I don't sell. Okay. Um, I use them to produce the bigger. They're personal to me. Um, and I always, when I do the 30 day challenge, I always get nervous. I'm like, you know, some of these are going to be awful <laughs> and they're not awful, but they're not polished, I guess is the word. They're, they're different than my work. And I hope people understand that these yeah. are studies, you sure. know, there's a time constraint on them. They're about the impression. They're not, you know, so I don't want people like, what's happening to Margaret? <laughs> um, <laughs> So they're studies. They're yeah. they're and and to take them for what they are, which is they're valid. Don't get me wrong. They have huge mm -hmm. importance. 
um, to the process. But right. yeah, yeah, I love how you know you take all the summer months, which aren't many in New England, that we can really yeah. get out. I think I saw in one of your posts you did get out there with a little bit of snow. I don't think that was intentional though. Um, no. <laughs> but you know you got to utilize that time wisely to fill the well. You know your you do things. you do that was one thing I found in moving from Massachusetts that Maine actually is a, it's about a month longer the winter like I feel like there's no spring yep. um, which is fine it just it was a bit of an adjustment because I was so, so yeah. used to the beautiful long-lasting spring even in Massachusetts it just seemed like I you'd get those beautiful reds those you know you'd find those deep burgundies coming in the spring buds and I'm like wait where are those <laughs> right um, so I've just kind of made sure I've got enough of a stash of things to pull me through the winter. Now, um, I did see one photo. I'm finding that I can learn so much more about artists by studying their Instagram account than their website, which I didn't find a website for you. Do you actually? There is, I used to have one, and I was horrible about okay. upkeeping it. Okay. And, and I thought the galleries do such a great job if somebody wants to find, and I find doing Posting on Instagram is enough for me. I try to do you know, as little I, time as I can. I found it really refreshing that you didn't have one. I really did. It was so uh, mysterious for one. And then <laughs> I had to go digging and read everything. And then I really studied your Instagram and learned so much more, I think, than I would have from a website. And, and I've been learning that as I continue to interview people. That I, I think the only thing I miss not having it for is when I run a workshop. Um, just to get, but I have enough of a That's student. Yeah. I don't yeah. really need it. I just feel like there are people missing out. <laughs> right. right. Well, I, yeah, so we'll get to that. But um, I was going to ask when you're out, I noticed when uh, on one of your photos, there was um, a studio shot of your paints laid out. And I want to say maybe 18 colors. Do you take that, you don't probably don't, don't take that much outside. What do you, what's the difference between how you paint out and in? Um, I usually take about 12 out. Um, I, my, my palette is usually, it's not 18, they were probably mixed. And then what happens is my palette is huge in my studio. It's like yeah. a big four foot piece of glass. Um, so because I paint every day, the paints just stay out. So as I mix and have paints or I, so I have 12 main, actually a student grade paint that I use um, just because I like the consistency of it. And then what I have is pure pigment that I mix with it to make my colors. And so my extra colors will always get added to it. But there are 12 main colors I use. You mix your paints. I love it. Yeah. Wow. Tell it. Tell me about that. I'm, I don't think I've ever met anybody uh, that does that. <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't mix them all, but the like the the majority of my colors, I feel like, are somewhat derived. They have some pure pigment in them. So I have um, pure dry pigment, and I use the linseed oil, and I mix my paints and extend it with other paints, you know, that I may have. But there's a huge difference really oh my gosh it's well you know it's like a 
Utrecht versus a Williamsburg paint. Like that's the difference. Like it's just, it's, it's unbelievable, the pure pigment. It's wow. just so intense. You need so little of it. And it's just, it's pure chroma. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and where do you get those from? Um, actually, you can get them at any art store. The Schmidt, I think it's called, The are pretty good. I, I have a big bulk of mine come from um, Provence. Plants um, um, and they're actual natural from rock and plants based. And, and how do you store them? them? I mean, do you mix up, you know, put them right online. Substantial. Want to see one? Yeah, want to see? <laughs> so exciting! <laughs> <laughs> they call Ocha de France, and they come in little jars like this. Okay. See the green? Like a little baby food jar. Little baby food jar. Um, they're actually really. If you didn't have to pay for shipping, it'd be so much cheaper than buying the finest paint you could because they extend so far. Okay. Um, so it comes in, so I have little jars all over my thing and you need very little, you know, you need like a pea size to make, you know, this much paint okay. um, because it's so pure and so concentrated. Wow. So. so do you mix it up as you use it or do you do it uh, and store it? As I use it, I don't put it ahead. Um, I mix it up as I use it because it's too precious. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. If you have I, leftovers, how do you store your paints? My paints just stay on my glass palette. They, they stay fine. I, I, um, well, because you're going through them pretty. I'm going through them. I use a lot of paint. I mean, I go through a tube of white every other day, a big tube of white okay. every other day. Um, and a lot of the colors, the reds, the lizards, all stay for weeks. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I very rarely do I have dried up paint. I mean. And then do you just take some from that palette to go out? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I put it on, transfer a little bit onto my thing, my travel palette, and um, go out. Nice. So. Love it. So when you're doing a painting, both plein air and in, do you sketch in first or do you? Do any kind of a, an outline? How do you get your image on there? I actually, um, I have one in front of me. I actually use a big chip brush, like a two or three inch chip brush, really watered, turp down color that has nothing to do with the painting. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I like to, so my, my goal in life is to stop myself from being precise. Um, I tend to go right to the perfect, so believe it or not. And so I try to start off as messy as possible. Watered down paint, a color that has nothing to do with it. I, I, I tell everybody the way I paint is it's a, it's a way of correcting. It's steps of correcting my mistakes. Huh? Um, if I start off with a mistake or something obscure, I might have a happy surprise. I know I can always correct it, but that layering gives much more interest. Like sometimes you'll see under my paintings a very slight indication of like a hot orange, a cat orange or something poking through. And it's a very subdued painting, but that little nuance of that underlying color of that fun thing just gives it some sparks and fun. So anyways, the painting in front of me is a big chip brush. I tend to put down the big values, not so much. I know you've seen a lot of people who draw the basic outline, not yeah. outline, but 
I tend to put down blocks of shapes as opposed to outlines. I feel like putting down an outline does exactly what it just says. It outlines it and people tend to stay within the outline. Yes. Again, I'm trying to keep myself as loose as long as I possibly can. Okay. So, big brush, go down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. And do you, when, what kind of brushes do you use? Do you typically go down to the smaller sizes? Really cheap. <laughs> the cheaper the better, seriously. Yeah. When um, artists and craftsmen used to have those buckets, you know, that were a dollar. Yeah. Have you ever seen them? Yeah. They're brought old brushes that were a dollar. I just go and go, those are good. Um, and part of the reason, it, you know who told me that? Wolf Khan. Mm. He was the one who introduced me to chip, chip brushes. Okay. He said, you can spend, and I have, you know, you can go spend $300 on a brush. Are you going to clean it? You're not the type of person who's going to clean it well enough. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so he said, you, you're not about the utensil. It's just a means to an end. You can get that brush on with, I can give you the best brush and the worst brush. Yeah, the brush brush might be a little easier, but I know that you have the skill to get that same mark with that brush that's all. So he said, don't worry about that. Worry about painting. So I, I, I use like the low grade Strathmore's and like whatever I, I can get my hands on. Wow. Uh, I'll go down to like a four maybe just for the detail, believe yeah. it or not. But, but a lot of the time I use a 10 or a 12 cause I'm working large also. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the painting is done on chip brushes. A lot of those fine grass, sometimes on mine you see, not the brush stroke grass, but sometimes you see the softer grass. Yeah. I've actually taken a chip brush and cut, you know, to get that like oh, single yeah. hairs, cut the like bristles out. So, I love it. so the, the more worn they are, the better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you're not overly concerned about cleaning out and making sure they're pristine because they're just no like, I mean I, I do clean them because I as nothing more I hate hate yeah. more than mud um so I do clean them but once they've had their shelf life I I don't feel precious or that they haven't had I haven't got the money out of them <laughs> right so I forget new ones I love it I love it so um I see that you also do some portrait drawing on is it Friday or something yeah, it's not going on now with the pandemic, but I did okay. just, uh, I've always loved figure drawing and through the years I've found places that have done it. I just um, started going again last fall. I found a place, wonderful group of people over in Kennebunk, meet in the basement of a church, have okay. a model every Friday. It's, I love to draw and I love to draw the figure. I think it's an I think it should be done your whole life as an artist, if you can. I think if you can draw the figure and understand that organic form, right. that you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, how are things going during this pandemic for, you know, sales, Actually, galleries? and Sales are, uh, it, it, are good. Wait, let me knock on something. Really good. Um, I actually, Arden Gallery down in Boston just um, had a great sale and they did it wonderful i just finished up two paintings for a large commission for a hospital down, uh university of texas um what is it southwestern medical center so oh. big 
uh, 48 by 72, one of them was, mm -hmm. for the um, waiting room. So that's been, and it was nice because they were obviously wonderful to deal with, but they also wanted a happy, they wanted my machine, gave me like pretty much free range other than please make it something people want to relax. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So, um, so that's been fun. And then so um, that went through the gallery. You took that commission. That went through the gallery. Yeah. yeah. Um, that went through the gallery. So they did that. So I, actually it hasn't, I haven't noticed much difference. With my care. I mean, sales may be down everyday sales may be down, so yeah. to speak, but I feel like the galleries I'm with have really done an outstanding job of, just finding new ways to market and right. getting well you must have quite the customer base as well <laughs> you must have quite a, a customer i try to stay away from that end of it <laughs> oh, do you? okay that's interesting yeah yeah so you um, know and i think that goes along with like the website and everything that yeah i think all those years of being in advertising burnt me out so much about that side of the business and I understand it very well, but I also feel like these are people who are proficient and it is their job, the galleries, to do it. That my job is to make the best paintings and focus my energy there. Yeah. So I was happy to let it go. <laughs> you don't so you don't really like can I send a thank you card or anything like that. You don't really communicate with your Collective. Um, I will. I mean, if I have a big patron, I will send a thank you card or somebody wants to. I mean, and I've met big patrons and had dinner, lunch with them and things like that. So it's not that I don't. Um, yeah. I and I and I love the everyday person, but I I I'm a really quiet to myself person. Believe it or yeah. not. It's, yeah. It's, I, don't wow. get out, I don't get out in public much. <laughs> So what's a what does a perfect day look like for you? A perfect day, getting up at four, having my cup of coffee, watching the sunrise, going for a long hike, like five miles, coming back, painting all day, going for another hike or walk on the beach, having a glass of wine. That's it. that's my perfect day. What time do you go to bed if you get up at four? I, have I know it's awful. <laughs> But uh, I usually go to bed between nine and 10. Okay. I mean, I go to bed, like I'm usually out like a light by nine. I'm sorry, oh. 10. 10. I get in bed and read till 10. Anyway. Yeah. But I, I can't imagine getting up at four. Although the mornings that I do, I, I mean, for me, I, I love that morning time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's quiet. Yeah. You know, the birds. It's just, it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. I think I'll work towards that. <laughs> I can't go to bed earlier, but, uh, oh my God. um, so what is your best, best use of technology? What do you find to be most helpful for your, your career? Um, well, for me, I think the one I use the most right now is the Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, as far as just followers and getting, um, I'm not a, I'm not a tech person. So I, I love your Instagram. It's um, it's really nice. I, it's yeah. just uh, love the daily little snips. Yeah, I think that's it. Just this is what I'm doing every once in a while. Put a personal shot or a shot of the studio, or try to get people that inside look. But um, and it's interesting. The more I use it, the more I'm 
by responses, seeing what people want. Like in this um, challenge, it's the first time I've put the painting and then the scene okay. with it. Yeah. Um, which has been really helpful. And a lot of my students have actually commented to me about it. Like, you know, for five years, you've been telling me how to do this. And I finally get what you're trying to tell me that I can make the color my own. I don't have to go exactly what nature says. Yeah. And, and to also explain to them, like, it isn't that I don't, I change the grass from green to orange, but it isn't that I don't see orange in that grass. Right. You know, it is all still derived from the nature and where I am and what I'm seeing. Exactly. It's just that the longer I'm there, the more that orange comes in, you know, in my face important. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a much more exciting color to me than all that green. Yeah. So I make it more predominant. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely influenced and there. So I would say it's, but I would say I've definitely enjoyed and it's an easy social media for me to do is Instagram. It doesn't take long. I don't have to change it. I just upload what I want. Right. right. I, I mean, you're, it's an education. Your Instagram is, is conditional. <laughs> I said, okay, it's really beautiful. Um, so tell me about your teaching and how does that work and how do people find you <laughs> and find out what's going on. I love well, the most mysterious secrecy. I know. It is. They call it a, um, what do they call it? A group, the groupies. Margaret's oh, groupies. yeah, the group. <laughs> I think that's what they call it. I hope they don't call it something behind my back. <laughs> um, but I started teaching this is going back maybe not that long, five, six, seven years maybe. When I was still in Massachusetts, I started teaching part-time at the Danforth Art Museum. Okay. Um, just beginning painted class. I had a friend who was the director there and she just kept, I had gone to figure, that's where I was doing figure drawing, the open figure drawing class mm -hmm. or session. So she kept saying, you need to teach, you need to teach. And I'm like, yeah. but but I found that I loved it. I loved teaching. I, it was exciting to me, challenging. I love the people. Right away, I, I still have students today that come to my classes and workshops that I met in the original class from Massachusetts. Wow. Um, wow. So I taught part-time there for a few years. And then when I moved to Maine, it was funny because I had a big, like my groupies, 12 of them, I had a like going away party before I left Massachusetts for them. And we had a painting day in my studio in Massachusetts. And then we had a big potluck dinner and we all said goodbye. And they gave me, and then they all followed me up here every time yeah. I had a work. <laughs> so, and five years later, it's wonderful. They think I considered a lot of them very close friends so it's it's fun um and i've had taken on students here um so i am trying to wean off i don't do the weekly classes or bi-weekly classes now i have a few students that two students that i mentor um on a weekly thing only because they've asked and i'm not sure how long that will go but otherwise i'm trying to get it down to just teaching workshops um, so plenty of workshops and I, uh, I want to try to do twice, two or three times a year for a week. Nice. And then for the past five years, I've been running a boot camp week long workshop every February here in Maine. Oh, 
it's actually you had Karen Green on and she was talking about how torturous it was. <laughs> oh, that was you. Okay. <laughs> and yes, it is torturous, but it is, it's, it's a great workshop. I yeah, will what, say. What you part know. of Maine do you run that in? I run it right in Kennebunk. Actually, that now that I've moved my studio in my house, it, I run it over at, um, I rent out the River Tree Arts Center in Kennebunk. Maine okay. for the week. Mm -hmm. and, but it's tough. It's not for uh, back to basics, like all lessons. None of your, none of your stuff. Just lesson yeah. after lesson after lesson. Wow. Yeah. That sounds. But I, I love it. I love it. For me, I think it also, um, again, because I paint by myself. I'm so much by myself. I think it it gives me another outlet for my art that is a social thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't mean. To say teaching is social, but there is a social aspect to it. Right. So what do you think is your strength in teaching? What, what is it? First of all, what do you think the students are saying is your strength? And then what is it that you try to make every student walk away with? Well, I've heard from my students that what they think is also what I try to do. So okay. hopefully that's <laughs> Yay. That's I know. I know. That's, that is the goal, isn't it? Um, <laughs> So my strength, I hope, is to treat and facilitate each student to be the painter that they're supposed to be, um, which I think is every probably teacher's goal. But I, I think I try to keep that right in my forehead of yeah. just make sure that I'm not making them many me's. Yeah. You know, so many people I've seen go up and demo and then the, the students go and paint and like almost down to the breaststroke try to replicate what the teacher did and it's like that i purposely like when i'm doing a work week-long workshop i purposely will not do a demo till at least wednesday uh. i ain't like me i'm here to teach you what i can from what i know in my expertise of all the years to be a better painter so uh, sometimes that's a little frustrating for new students because they're like well no show me what you mean i'm like no so um but i do think that a lot of i think a lot of the feedback i get like when i run a workshop is especially for the new people is when they're looking at 12 artists work and they may have all painted the same scene and they're like, oh my God, these are like, these are 12 different artists. Like they don't look like little replications or slight adjustments. They are 12 distinct artists from abstract to using different mediums to right. bright bold colors to subdued, you know, so that's what I want to get. But I want them to get the fundamentals, which is what I think I have to give them yeah. and bring it in their own work. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. So people just see my teacher thing there, by the way. Did What's you that? go into teacher mode there? That was good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so people can kind of just follow your Instagram, right? And um, yeah, yeah, I don't post on the so <laughs> here's what why we call it a cult. Because I don't post when I'm having a workshop because they pull up. Oh. So you have to get on my so now I'm going to get a whole bunch of things. So my email is on my Instagram account. Right. To get on the email list for workshops, you have to send me an email and request to be put on the list. Okay. It's 
I don't want to say invitation because it's open to everybody, but I also can't put it out there because it fills up, they fill up so fast. I feel awful. So tell me what does success mean to you as an artist? Um, Success as an artist. Well, I think there's two sides to that. I think one is the success that I want to be able to afford to live my life and be able to paint every day. There's a certain level that that makes sense that that's success. That's a human level. As an artist, I just want to keep growing. Mm -hmm. I just want to keep challenging myself. I don't want to ever be bored. A bad day is when I'm in the studio and I'm like, what am I going to do today? And God, I hope that never happens. Wow. Um, I hope that every day it's like, wow, okay, let's try that. I hope I can mess up a painting enough to get excited about it again. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It (laughs) would so much of the intimidation and fear because you know you can fix it. So who cares? Let's try this. Right. Like, let's, let's try something I haven't tried. Like, let's throw cadmium red over on that grass. And what are we doing with it now? <laughs> I mean, th- that for me is exciting. That, that, that makes, that makes me feel like an artist and being creative is, is always challenging and always changing and always investigating. Yeah. Nice. So, um, what is your best hack? Your best secret tip? <laughs> secret tip whether in the studio or out of the studio at best well baby wipes i mean if everybody doesn't know about baby wipes (laughs) (laughs) i did just discover baby wipes yeah oh the oil paint oh my gosh it takes oil paint off everything baby wipes are great and then you think Um, you're so successful at that is it hurting these poor babies bottoms (laughs) that does make me wonder about the baby wipes the, and the Viva, I should have stock in baby wipes and Viva towels. I mean, what is with Viva towels? They are wonderful. Um, I don't know that I have any hats. I'm sure people, if they watched me, would say, like, why do you do that? But I, I don't think about them as hacks, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tell me your funniest or scariest plein air story. Oh, funniest or scariest. Or, or a couple. Well, Sounds like you've got a... Well, I mean... I have, I have, I don't know that they're hilarious, but you know, some of my first experiences were more, uh, more standoutish, I should say, only because I was so young and naive, I didn't know the world. (laughs) You know, I would put on my backpack and carry bags and big canvases and I'd hike, you know, go into Rachel Carson and I'd park my car and I'd hike like a mile into the marsh through the woods, you know, so no one could see you, not by the road. And I'd go out, and one time in particular, I was probably like 24, and I'd, and I'd be standing there, and I'd be painting, and again, get in the zone and forget what's going on, and I'd look up, and I was on an island. You know, I was surrounded by water, because the tide had come in, and it must have been a full moon, so it was above the, you know, regular bog. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know that was going to happen. Like, what do I do? And I, I have to tell you, and people find this amazing, I do not like water. Oh. <laughs> See, people find that funny, but you live by the ocean. I, I know, but I don't like water. <laughs> I only live by the ocean because it has the marshes. Oh, uh, so anyways, I had to choose whether to take the painting or the 
you know, backpacking the paints because I, I it was a two trip process and I didn't ha I didn't think I had two trips. So unfortunately, which is awful for the environment, I left the paints because I figured I could replace those. Oh, but that yeah. was another, one other time a moose came out. <laughs> I was in March again, way out and literally five feet from me. I was standing right on the edge of a marsh because I was painting the close up of the, you know, low tide. The moose came out of the other side of the woods, came like walked like it was going to walk to me, went down into the water, which was low, stood there five feet from me. And I went, oh, okay, I guess we're going to just stand here. And I'll, so I went back to painting, stood there. The water came up over its belly, cooled it off, went down again, got up and walked away. I mean, but it was hours. Wow. Like, <laughs> hours. Wow. Um, I know. That's crazy. Well, I can tell you other things, but we don't need to talk about the logistics of painting outside. Oh, I know. Bathroom, turning around yeah. in the rain, standing there. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So those are things you learn at an early age, how to, okay, we're going to get a little smarter about, like, we didn't hike as kids, as a family. We didn't, I didn't know the rules of being outside like that. I mean, I knew to run around, but like the actual logistics. So I found them out very quickly. <laughs> I love it. And um, in closing, you are one of Art Main's outstanding main artists this year for 2020. Yeah. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Well, I, I'm, I've loved painted in Maine always, and I love being here now. And I, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on. So your, um, you. your Instagram is Margaret Gerding. Is that all? Is it? Yeah. Or okay. G e r d i n g. Yes. Okay. And tell us the galleries that people can see your work. Um, so I'll be having the show, as I said, next a week from Saturday opens at um, Maynard Hill Gallery, which is on Chase Road. It's right in Dock Square in Kennebunk. Yeah. Um, I also am represented by Arden Gallery on Newbury Street in Boston, um, Powers Gallery in Acton, Mass, at Gallery Sono down in Connecticut. And in Edgewater Gallery up in um, Vermont, Hillbury, Vermont. Nice. So you paint really big. Like, tell us your biggest sizes and, and how do you ship these? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, as I said, this is big. Um, I love uh, 40 by 60 is probably my favorite size. 40 by 40. I, I do like squares. So 40 by 40 is uh, one of my other favorites. Um, those actually, the reason I go to 40 is 40 fits in my car. <laughs> ah. 40 by 60 will fit in my car, which is why that is my favorite size because it works. The larger canvases, like the, the commission I just did, will need to be created and shipped out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you ship to galleries, do you create them as well? Or how does, do you ship multiple? No. So um, when I, most of my pieces I keep within the size of my car. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise they'll get shipped. Um, UPS, FedEx. Nice. It's actually one of the reasons I pulled out. I was in a couple galleries around the country, but I pulled out of them because the shipping cost was. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, thank you so much for being on. This is great to learn about. And how long does that show last at uh, Main I mean, you're there all the time, but this is a through. Uh, the actual show, it lasts till August 6th, three weeks. It's a three, they run the show three weeks. Great. And they are right them. Yeah. I hope thank to you, get up there. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.